your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside Season 2 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood, and it's episode 217. But Pillsy, like Pierre Dorian said, today is a first day of school feeling on the last day of 2020. And with Sens training camp underway, they're on the ice as we speak. You think that's cool? Wait till you hear about what Timmy Superstar accomplished last night. Five-point performance, and his Germans are off to the quarterfinals. We have all that. And Sylvain Saint from Le Droit, the newspaper over in Gatineau. He's an editor there. Been covering the Sens for 20 years. We get into the dynamic through media, how they interact with each other, his favorite players to cover, and a whole lot more. Plus, we get back to our organizational countdown. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Thursday, December 31st, and Pilsy, talk about closing out a terrible year on a high note. Your Ottawa Senators are back on the ice for the opening day of training camp. I'm so glad we made it here, buddy. It's been a long grind, 295 days as a daily Ottawa Senators podcast since their last hockey game. Finally, we're getting players with Sens jerseys back on the ice. 167 episodes and we really want to thank all of you for listening the growth on this time off has simply been nothing short of incredible um on pace for barely 20,000 downloads when the sends finished playing march 11th and we've had over 25,000 in each of the last three months so that's a big testament to the passion of sends fans let's hope the team can keep up the content as well because no media allowed inside the arena for training camps. That's a lot of pressure on maybe an undermanned social staff on the organizational front. But one thing we did see from a few photos that trickled out, Josh Norris rocking number nine. Pillsy, does that give you a bit of a sense like, hey, this kid thinks he's got a shot here to make the team? Hey, I love it. Uh, it's a classic number. I think you don't uh, you don't go snagging a good, awesome number like that without thinking you got a chance to make the team here. Usually be a lot higher up in uh, in the numbers if you think you're just a training camp uh, pigeon. Well, yeah, 37 was his number he wore in his debut last year. And remember how Bobby Ryan called him out that he was beaver tapping for the puck when Bobby had an opportunity to get his hat trick in that emotional return against Vancouver in an empty netter. I believe he referenced him as a poo from Simpsons saying that he's always open. Well, I wonder if Bobby kind of snickered knowing that Josh Norris didn't only want to steal that goal, but then ultimately stole his number nine as well. Mr. Steal your number. <laughs> Mr. Hopefully steal your job in terms of that center position because there's some openings. Derek Stepan, Torion, by the way, did speak this morning. And from what you could understand between mufflings and maybe a double barrel question or two here or there, what we did learn is that A, they see Colin White as a center, but B, and we knew this, but Derek Stepan and Cedric Paquette will not be in attendance, nor will Braden Coburn, who we'll get to on our value rankings later on. But they have to be in their seven-day isolation, which will also be the case 
for Tim Stutzla. But before we get to Tim Stutzla, that Pierre Dorian presser, what was your biggest takeaway from that? My, like you said, there was, uh, could have been some better questions and it definitely could have been uh, organized and the execution wasn't great, but hey, we'll take what we can get at this point. I think the best thing that Pierre Dorian said that whole time is no one will come into this camp thinking they have a job. They have to earn it. And for all the people upset on Twitter, oh man, you're taking away prospect spots. No, you're just making those spots harder to achieve. You're just making uh, the Josh Josh Norris's, the Logan Browns, the Rudolph Balsers. You're just making them have to compete that much harder if they want to prove that it's their time to shine in the NHL. And I think that was a great point by Dorian, making it clear that nobody's got a nice cushy, cushy spot waiting for them. You could tell Pierre Dorian lit up when he was asked about Tim Stutzel's performance yesterday for Team Germany. Did say again, reiterating, Tim Stutzel will be at left wing, but you like that he says long-term projects as a center because if those talents can translate to the middle of the ice, he's only that much more valuable. But I threw it off to MJ yesterday, Mike Johnson from TSN. We were talking off air in a commercial break at Leafs Lunch, and he told me that Artemi Panarin is a nice player comparable from what he's seen in this brief amount of time from Tim Stutzel. And that, to me, spoke even further like, hey, maybe this guy can drive a line from the wing. But wherever he was playing, he was all over the ice last night. Pilsy, what did you see from Timmy Superstar? It started right off the bat. It was like two minutes into the game. You knew he had his legs. He was ready to go. And it doesn't hurt that the Germans finally had their whole roster. Yeah, that was a big boost for sure. I want to I want to quickly touch on the position uh, talk though because yeah, I was it's been back and forth with me kind of like we were adamant. Look, you drafted him to be your number one center. Get him playing center, and then you start thinking maybe actually his attributes are better on the wing, and we've seen him perform really well on the wing but then also he could be a really good center so at this point like I'm I'm at a point where I'm so impressed with Timmy Stutza put him on defense if you want like (laughs) as long as he's on the ice and I mean he plays as much minutes as a first pairing defenseman as long as he's on the ice I couldn't care where you put him maybe not Tendi uh that's probably pushing it but I don't I don't care where Timmy's at now because when you're a guy that that can get in on all five goals when you're playing for really this is probably the one of the most important games that teams germany has ever had in world junior championship history and they came through because of a five-point performance from timmy stutzler absolutely the first time in history that germany makes the quarterfinals but to me the most impressive part and hey shout out jj paterka i saw a lot on sen's twitter yesterday really lamenting the fact and we had him as our best available in our Sen Central draft rankings for that 33rd overall pick. We had him listed as a first rounder and he looks so good, but let's just reserve judgment until we see Rock and Robbie Yarventi play with Timmy Superstar because that guy can make anyone look good. Tim Stutzla has 10 points at the World Juniors. Team Germany has 14 goals and well, he was on the ice for 13 of them. So Do some uh, quick math there. You'll see that this is a serious MVP candidate on a team that lost 16 to two. The math on that doesn't check out in my opinion, but it is just unbelievable how dominant he looks on the ice. Yeah. Him and Paterka are just such good players. And, and yeah, you like, this is so massive for Germany. And like for all the people on Twitter that were saying the Sen should pull them from the tournament, like there's going to be injuries and all that kind of clamor. Like, I think that's just crazy because like the kind of experience that he just had could be huge for player development for Timmy Stutzel. Like playing in games that matter 
under hard circumstances. Like Germany has a hard enough time performing in this tournament on the best of circumstances throughout the years. Now their, their roster is ravaged with COVID-19. Most of their top players can't make it to the tournament and that they don't let that hinder them. And you heard it right from the start of the tournament. They were saying there's no excuses. And I think a lot of people just thought like that was kind of a cute fluff piece, but they're serious. Like they're not messing around here. And sure, the 16 to two loss is tough, but you learn from that and they didn't let it uh, really get them down and say, well, we, we don't have a chance in this tournament. Now they fought, they battled hard and it's going to be awesome to see them playing in the quarterfinals. Ask Timmy what he thinks of playing for his country in important games in this, in this tournament. You'll find out pretty quickly that this is a guy who has drive. Like when, when you have Timmy superstar blocking shots in the final minute of a game against Switzerland, that guy's a gamer defensively he was on point as well it was just a treat watching him play he accelerates when he has the puck it's such a a novel trait and it's one that can really carry you all the way to the top level so stick taps to team germany really looking forward to seeing how their tournament progresses after such a tough and tumultuous start both on and off the ice one more note before we get to sylvain Celeron. great conversation coming up with him and that's team sweden they had won 54 straight round robin games. And I paused there on purpose because that takes you all the way back to 2006, I believe. That's insane. Eric Carlson, it feels like so long ago because it was over a decade that he was on the Swedish team. It's even further back than him. It predates that era. So we do want to extend some stick taps to Team Sweden, and they fought hard too, right, Pills? They tied it up with a minute left, but ultimately couldn't take it in overtime. Yeah, that's that's a tough way. Like right down to the wire in OT, you lose that one. But you know what? I think they're going to be okay, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this tournament shakes out. But that is very disappointing when you have a streak that goes back 14 years and it gets snapped in the OT game. And all, they there's only one more game left in the round robin for them, so they almost made it through home uh, scot-free here. Oh, so close yet so far. You mentioned 14 years. Well, Sylvain St. Laurent was already on the Sens beat for six years at that point. He's been covering them for the better part of two decades. And we really want to thank Sylvain. We get into it at the start of the episode as well. But he decided to feature an article on not only us, but Henry Brown and the podcast community that is in the Sens Twitter sphere, or I should say content sphere. And uh, yeah, we really appreciated him reaching out. So we wanted to get him on as well, because this is a man who, as we mentioned, has been covering the team and has some amazing stories. And good timing for this too. Like we're hearing a lot of people on Twitter just hoping and praying that the Sens will allow the community to embrace them more and not just have these mainstream media people. Like that's, I think that's what the core of this article was about. Him speaking to the fact that there's so many content creators and there's so much different people from podcasts to blogs to writers to on-air talent that that can contribute to this community if the senators would just open things up and embrace them so i think it's a good time for this to come out and big thanks to sylvan for including us just uh humbled to be a part of that article for sure well said and hopefully senators if you're listening like we don't even want your money all we want is the access to really bring your product to Senators fans who are the most passionate in the league and really just missed their team after 295 days. And really, that, that that's kind of the root of all this conversation. Oh, 100%. And Ross, if it was about the money, we would have stopped a long time ago. I'd tell you, we wouldn't be driving 350 kilometers for Belleville Games for like $40 worth of work, and we wouldn't have pumped out podcasts for $4 a month 
a year ago. So it's not about the money. That's for sure. Hey, I almost want to get that check plaqued for, for $4 our first month at Locked On. It's, uh, it's gotten a bit better for sure, but that's all, as I mentioned off the top, a credit to the fans. And you know what made our Belleville trips even more worth it than getting to see the young Senators? That was because betonline.ag offered the best odds in the business, and the Belleville Sens came through all the time. So ahead of the AHL season, which we believe has been guaranteed now, we just have to make sure that all the teams are participating. But once that gets underway, you know that betonline.ag is the number one place for all of it. Like playoffs in the NFL coming up in an absolute hurry. College football is in a bowl season as well. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Make sure you use our promo code as well. It's locked on. That way you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. And what can you do with that money? Well, turn it in to extra money in your pockets. Now, Pilsy, with this future situation, I really want to get in to Tim Stutzla because plus 2,000 right now for the Calder Trophy. And Ray Ferrero said it best. There is no player at the World Juniors more NHL ready than Timmy Superstar. Absolutely. And I said uh, on, on an episode, I think a week ago, that I wasn't going to make a bet on Timmy Stutzla for Calder till he was signed. Well, he's signed and he looks <laughs> amazing in the World Juniors. So you better believe I tossed a couple shekels on Timmy Stutzla to uh, win the Calder Trophy. And... You wanted it. We told betonline.ag we got to get the World Junior odds up. They're up now. So go bet on the, the quarterfinals, on today's games. You can get in on all the action of the World Juniors right here on betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get yourself in the action. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, here's our chat with Chef du Sport at Le Droit. It's Sylvain Saint Laurent. All right, we now welcome a very special guest. He's the sports editor at Le Droit. It's Sylvain Saint Laurent. Welcome to the show, Sylvain. How are you doing today? I'm glad to be with you guys. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's our pleasure to have you. And we first want to say thank you so much. The feature for not only us, but the entire podcast community of the Ottawa Senators. And shout out Henry Brown, too, at Sense Prospects for all the video content he does. I want to ask you first, what gave you the idea to explore that avenue? Uh, well, I guess uh, I've been wanting to do stuff like this uh, for, for a little while now. But uh, when you guys uh, were the first to get an exclusive interview with Tim Stutzler after he, uh, he got drafted by the Sens, I figured, you know what? I mean, if this isn't the proof that, that the landscape is, is changing and, and more and more accepting of, uh, of projects like yours, uh, I guess now if people aren't aware yet, now I figure it's a good opportunity to, to show them that what's being done right now outside of mainstream media. And I think for the senators, especially in Canada, it's so important because this, you know, the, the sports market used to be dominated so much by, by mainstream media and, and the big TV networks uh, who care a lot about the big market themes, which is understandable. But Ottawa's always been a little bit, you know, uh, let on, on the sidelines by, by some of those TV markets. And I'm, I, I'm sure that it has hurt the senators in there, you know, reaching out to fans. So if people like you can, can take some of the space 
that that's available. And I, I mean, if I was the centers, I, I would try and help you guys as much as I can to, to, to provide some content because that's a great way to reach out, especially younger audiences. Hey, well, uh, Ottawa Senators, if you're listening, uh, take it from <laughs> Sylvain. We would love that as well. Now, I want to ask you, were you a little bit surprised when you started uh, doing some research and seeing how much of a kind of, like you said, non-mainstream focus there is behind this fan base? Like when you look at Montreal and Toronto, the mainstream media just covers their stories to death, right? You hear about it every day. If Austin Matthews sneezes, you know about it. But were you surprised to see the approach that uh, the Ottawa Senators fan base has? Well, no, I wasn't because I knew about this since, you know, I've been a center's uh, reporter for close to 20 years now, and I've been on social media for, for at least 10 years intensively. So, so I was aware that you guys were, were producing stuff and that there was a movement. So um, basically, I wrote about people that I knew about already. Like I was able to find out more about you guys, uh, how, how you came to be. But uh, I was just hoping that maybe some more people in the public that, that, don't really go towards uh, podcasts and social media influencers maybe uh, would find out about you guys more. Yeah, I like that a lot. But you also look at the group that you're in of being a long-term covering the team. And not only you, but like you look at the guys like Dean Brown and Gord Wilson who have been there since day one. So there's that. What What is the dynamic amongst you media members? It, it, it's uh, it's weird actually it's uh, because like you said basically i've been there for almost 20 years and when you look like most days when i sit in the stands most people that i'm surrounded with have been there for longer than i have so so it's lots of people who have lots of connection uh, with the hockey team who've been competing with each other for a long time so that creates kind of an interesting dynamic where we're all friends we all get along fine Yet at the same time, we've been competing for a long, long time. So, um, no, it's, it's really interesting. But for sure, there is room for, for more people in the group. I remember times in Montreal in the Bell Center locker room before or after a morning skate where there would be over 30 people from the media and one player to interview. Now, in Ottawa, I've loved covering the Sens so much because when there's seven or eight of us in the locker room, it's considered a big date. So you always have access to players that you don't have in other marketplaces. But I think for sure that there would be room for, for people like you uh, uh, to, to, to come and join us if there's openness from the organization. Yeah, and, and like Ross said, uh, you're someone that's been around much longer than we have. You've got to cover this team for a long time. Now, this is probably a year unlike any other you've ever seen before. What are some of the challenges going to be now that we know the NHL season starting, training camp is in a few days? What's going to be some of the challenges for you covering this team? Well, well, I mean, it's going to have to, to uh, we're going to have to find a way to, 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 to get some interesting and different angles while most of the, the, uh, the media access will be done through Zoom calls like this one uh, with every media member. There won't be as much one-on-one access as we've had before. So that'll be a challenge. But I'm going to say that after the last nine months uh, during which we've been um, basically trying to invent new content every day and not, not saying making up stuff, but I mean, like find new ways to, to cover this team while this team wasn't at all playing that I think we should be up to it. How much of the one-on-one time that you get with players in the locker room and building those relationships, how much do you think that helps you in doing the stories on these players? It's been so great. I mean, one of the things that we've been spoiled for years for, for many decades, reporters got to travel with the teams in the charter, in the buses, staying at the same hotels. The senators were probably the last NHL team to, to stop that, that process only like two years ago, maybe. 
so uh, me as a young reporter, I got a chance to, to, to follow along and just sit quietly in my seat in the plane and just put my head down and work. But, but just to be able to follow the team and have those conversations in the morning with players or just maybe just walking out at 8 a.m. because I, I, I get up early in the morning and sit down at a Starbucks right by the rink and then all of a sudden walks Paul McClain. Yeah, he sees you're there by yourself. He sits with you. You strike a conversation. To me, uh, honestly, if I didn't got that chance to, to, to travel with the team for 15 years, uh, I wouldn't be half the reporter I am today. I mean, if you only watch scrums in locker rooms, you, you get the feeling that players never say anything interesting. Well, that's because that's the nature of the beast. That's scrums. If you get a chance to speak with a player and establish a relationship away from the rink a little bit, that's when you'll be able to get some, some more stuff, some more interesting uh, comments that uh, you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, that's so cool that you've had the opportunity to have those casual, candid, uh, outside of the hockey bubble atmosphere conversations with some of these guys. Now, who have been, throughout your years covering the team, who have been some of the players that you really got close to and enjoyed uh, working with and uh, writing articles and getting to know them better? There, there have been many, honestly. Um, funny, you guys got uh, a chance to get... Uh... Christoph Schubert on uh, on your show a couple of uh, we love weeks Shuby. ago. Shuby, yeah, Shuby, friend uh, of the show. Yeah, Shuby was uh, one guy I enjoyed working with. Uh, of course, I mean, being francophone, uh, when I started covering this team was about the, the time when Antoine Vermette started playing with the Sens as well. So, so we were able to establish a, like a bit of a connection there. Um, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, of course, uh, we, we started watching him play when he was 14 years old in Gatineau. So when he got a chance to be drafted with the Sands and, and uh, moved on to play with the team, that was fun too. Um, Luke Richardson, uh, Chris Phillips and Chris Neal, Alfie. There, there, there's been so many great guys going through this organization. And to me, that's what made this team so special for a long time. The fact that there were so, so many good people, good folk that, that were able to, to, to play for that team. I'm glad you mentioned Alfie. Whenever we have one of his former teammates on, we always ask, like, Cody, even Cody Bass had a good Alfie story. But when you look back at covering Daniel Alfredson, everyone talks about the special leader he is. What was your takeaway from your time being around such a special talent? It was always available. Like, he never turned out an interview opportunity, even though sometimes he would make you feel like he was giving you a favor because he didn't want to talk. When, when, he, would say, when he would say, there's no question, when he'd start an answer like that? Yeah, that, that was part of it. But like, I'm going to give you one perfect example. During the 2012-13 lockout, I, I was still a relatively young reporter and, and it was getting tough to, to get some content out there. And my editor-in-chief was getting fed up with me. So he wanted to challenge me at some point. So in uh, late October, around, I want to say October 29th or 30th, he said, here's what you're going to do. I want you to go trick-or-treating with the center's players. <laughs> and it cannot be Colin Greening. The, the way that, that, that he phrased it said, better be an important player. So try and get Alfie. So I just drive back home. How am I going to get him to get on board with this? And, and Alfie, uh, so, so I, I was one of the lucky few to, to have his phone number. I texted him, said, look, or I, I might have left him a voicemail, said, look, I have a favor to ask from you. I can understand, but can please tell me back. So he calls me back. What do you need from me? So I, I tell him, so the editor wants me to, to go trick-or-treating with your kids. There's a <laughs> four, sec, four or five-second pause. Probably felt like four or five years. Well, to me, right? At the end of which he said, let me ask BB. And then he, he hangs up. So I'm done. I'm done for sure. I'm never going to get him. True enough, uh, about, I'm going to say, 
half an hour later, he calls back, says, okay, come over and, but you're not going trick or treating. You're getting one picture. I'm going to give you whatever you need. But, and so on November 1st, 2012, in the front page of our paper was Alfie and his four kids walking uh, with their Halloween costume on them. I love that story. We're going to have to dig up that photo 100%. What, what a special guy. Like, obviously, I grew up at uh, Pilsy as well, right when he was starting to come up. Like, I think I, I would have been like seven or eight when he made his debut and just getting like such a special leader. So we always like to ask about that. And, and you mentioned a lot of the Francophones. What about Andre Waugh? Because we've had him on the show and he just seems like such a bubbly personality. Did you have a relationship with him? Um, well, actually, he got traded in 2002, late in the season. I, I started covering the team the oh, next just fall. after? But him being a former center and um, basically was playing in Tampa and then Pittsburgh and all over the place. So I always tried to go and talk to him when the Sens were playing in his, in his hometown. And afterwards, he, um, he got a chance to, to, become, to go in the media, help out with RDS. And I also help out with RDS from time to time. So that's the way I got the chance to, to, to know him and to get a little closer to him. And he, he's just as, as goofy in, like, in private as he is in the public eye. That's basically him. Yeah, there's so many good old sense stories. Yeah, you better believe we're going to find that photo uh, you're referencing. <laughs> Did you wear a costume uh, when you went to see him or no? <laughs> no, it was a last minute thing. I just rushed over there and uh, I, I can't even remember if Alfie was wearing, I don't think Alfie was wearing a costume, but uh, yeah, no, the, the, the four kids were there and it was a great experience. Got a chance to... Um, to, to uh... I, I already found it. Oh, you did? Wow. Yeah, we'll, 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 tweet, we'll tweet this out. <laughs> that's perfect that's perfect now i want i want to transition to uh today's sense team because there's so many good storylines coming up here what is the one thing that you're going to be keeping your eye on most this season especially with an all canadian division we're getting totally different scheduling formats like what's the key for the ottawa senators to be successful this season well i mean the one story right now that i'm obsessed with i've been for the last 24 hours i mean this is getting taped on monday and the sense just made there, there are two big and unexpected moves to, to get some veteran help. To, to me, it was going to be a special season, like you said, and it was going to be a special training camp just to see the kids starting to, 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 to move forward within the organization. And now you've added those veteran pieces and, and you have about, I tried to, to check out, I think you have at least 15 or 16 forwards who could legitimately start the season with the big club and maybe nine or 10 defensemen. So, so that's to me the most interesting thing at the moment. I want to see what's the plan, how are they going to make this work and have uh, everybody slot in the right place. Who is the one player that if you were to bet that he was going to force himself onto this team based on his performance? I know it's hard because they haven't played in so long, but based on what you know about them, somebody who maybe is, maybe we think he might already, or maybe he'll come out of nowhere, but that could really make an impact on this team. I don't know Josh Norris much as a person, but the little bit of contacts that I had with him, I, I liked him very much. He, uh, like, well, you guys uh, worked in Belleville a bit, so you probably know him better than I do, but he has this, I'm going to say arrogance, but not in a bad way, like full of confidence with himself. I mean, you, you need to have that kind of confidence to bounce back after the season that he didn't have in college and, and to be a, like a, a strong AHLer from the get-go. So if I, if I was to put money on one player right now, I would say that he's probably the one that's going to keep on progressing that way. Hope you're enjoying our chat with Sylvain. I just wanted to stop by quickly and let you know about Locked On Bets. Yes, it's the new 
fast-paced show on the Locked On Network. <laughs> They're up so many units. All they want to do is line your pocket. So we told you about betonline.ag. You get that 50% welcome bonus. Well, what are you going to do with it to turn it into real money? If you li- listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and handicap expert, Lee Sterling, you get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest wagers possible. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you do that after listening to the rest of this chat with Sylvain St. Laurent. Yeah, we love Josh Norris down in Belleville. And the big thing when when we knew he was a real player is when Batherson got called up and he just took right over. He didn't he didn't miss a beat when Batherson went up to the NHL. He took over. So that was great. Now, I want to ask you, what do you think about the timing of this big culture change? Like you're someone who's really had a finger on a pulse of this organization. So you get the biggest, probably the biggest draft in franchise history. You get the logo changes. You get the new jerseys. You get third overall pick coming in here. Like how exciting and fun is this time for you now that uh, you finally get to see some excitement coming out of this rebuild covering the team the last three years have been trying because i mean as much as uh, you can't pin any everything on the shoulders of the gm uh, so much stuff happened on and off the ice and right now for for everybody outside ottawa the senators how should i say that the image of the organization took a massive hit and i think to some extent uh, it crept up uh, to, to, to the fans in Ottawa Gatineau as well. I mean, you know, it, it, for a little while, it's been hard to, to, to feel like the, the pride to be a, a fan of the Ottawa Senators. So uh, I really enjoyed the, uh, the jersey change. I, I feel not only uh, do they look good, right? When you look at them, they, they remind us of a time when the team was just getting started and people were just proud to have an initial team to call their own, which is pretty much what you're looking at right now. You want this team to, 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 to build up, you know, a, a relationship with its fan again, fans again. And, um, and I mean, it, it's going to be fun to see if some of those young kids can, can live up to expectations, starting with Tuzla. I mean, you guys have watched the same games I, I watched at the World Junior Championship to see him play close to, to 45 minutes, 46 minutes in two nights uh, and look good at the end of the game too. It, he, this kid looks like he, he's the real deal. Like they lose 16 to two to Canada and he's, you could easily say one of the five best players on the ice, which is just insane to think. And then I'll leave you with this Sylvain, because you've seen some amazing captains. We already talked about Alfie and Eric Carlson was the greatest player, greatest defenseman at least in the world while he was here. Mm-hmm. Who is going to wear the C next? Because Pilsy says Shabbat. I say Kachuk. Where do you stand on that argument? I'm going to go with Brandon. Oh, <laughs> damn. Hey, no, that's good. I mean, you go with the defenseman as well. Is that a part of it? He's on the ice more? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, I mean, there might be a, a bit of a Quebecer bias there. <laughs> but also, I, I've been a huge fan of Thomas Shabbat ever since the, the World Juniors. Like, when players find themselves in... in huge pressure situations that's that's where they reveal themselves the most and you guys will remember how much he played uh during that tournament against the u.s he would never leave the ice um and i got a chance to 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 talk to him over the phone interview him that year when he went back to st john quite a bit i've never seen or rarely seen kids that that are that much driven now he's quieter than, than brady kachuk and brady would be a great pick too for captain but but for my money if I was a coach and I needed to pick a captain, I think I would go with the low-key guy who, who will give you his best every game. And without being flashy, will be efficient every game. 
Yeah, that's that's very similar to my explanation. So I, I like that a lot. That's for sure. Now, last question for me, a bit of a fun one with the all Canadian division. Who do you think the most like bitter, heated rivalries are going to be against? Like after the whistle, the scrum, you're in Montreal. You got Corey Perry, who just signed with the Habs. And obviously, you know the connection between Ottawa and Montreal very well. So there's that rivalry. Are the Sens going to play spoiler and try to ruin the Leafs' chances? Or the Brady versus Matthew Kachuk rivalries? Like which games are going to be the most heated? And is, is Corey Perry in the newspaper going to be referred to as Le Verre de Terre? <laughs> They're warm, yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. I'm going to try and figure that one out. But uh, I think, you know what? I think the Montreal and, and Ottawa rivalry will be special, if only because for some reason, I mean, Toronto is the na- most natural rival. But w- when Brady Kachuk plays the Habs, there's something special. I'm not saying he's not, he's not hard to play against when he plays against the Leafs, but there's something against the Habs. He's been so great. And now you add in Cedric uh, Paquette that I think the fans will like. He, he's just, he's nasty. Uh, and the Habs just uh, adding on with Corey Perry. I think that will make for an amazing rivalry. And Shea Weber will always be a, a great foe to play against. So that's, that's where I, those are the games I'm looking the most for, uh, the, the most to watch. I, I love that. And especially Brady started that in the rookie tournament. You'll remember he beat Kotkaniemi, who went a pick ahead of him to the net, and then celebrated by yelling at Kotkaniemi going to the board. So a rivalry as old as time, while well, at least those playoff series in the middle of, of the 2000s were amazing. And then I remember you were looking back as well three years ago, that amazing night at the outdoor game. So, so much history building between these two teams. I hope you're right. I hope that there is some great rivalry. Sylvain, we'll be following along at seal underscore say underscore Laurent, and we will be reading you in Le Droite as well. And hopefully we can catch up down the road. We'd love to have you back on the show. Anytime, guys. Stick taps to Sylvain Saint-Laurent for joining us. Really great chat with him, Pilsy. Before we get to our organizational value rankings, I'm getting hungry myself, almost like I could use a built bar. It's always a good time for a Built Bar, Ross, especially when you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Why not enjoy a tasty, delicious treat? You know Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate with nut flavors, 8 chocolate without nut flavors. The bars, they don't mess around here. They're covered in 100% chocolate, soft easy to chew, the texture that your mouth loves. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or girl. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The grand slam of nutrition coming up here as Ross likes to say, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Now you got all these flavors. How are you gonna possibly choose just one? Don't worry, that's why we got the expert here. Pillsy's pick of the week. I'm coming for you guys. Carrot cake with walnuts. When you're waiting for that countdown, why not enjoy a little bit of carrot cake with walnut protein? You got to stay fueled if you're going to stay all the way up for that New Year's countdown, which we all will be doing. So enjoy that one tonight. But if you want to get a sweet deal on it, Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your first order. One more time, guys, that's BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your first order. 
All right, Pillsy, it's time to get back to our organizational value rankings. And well, you might recognize these numbers because we're starting at 43 once again, because while things got so busy, we took a couple days off of our value rankings. We had the two trades where we're adding three players, which is why they've all scooted up. Well, one of them is actually in it today, but with the episode with Haley Salvin as well, we just want to keep that as is. We had Craig Morgan on talking about Derek Stepan, but now it's time to get back to the task at hand. So what we're doing is we're quickly recapping their last year, setting their expectations this upcoming season. We'll even say something nice about them and then tell you who's in their peer group. Who are they competing for, for a job? And well, we have two defensemen and a goalie on today's show with number 43, Braden Coburn, uh, Stanley Cup champion, Pilsy. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, he only played three games with uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning on route to that Stanley Cup victory, but he did play 40 games in the regular season. He finished that off with one goal, three assists. And this is a this is a veteran guy like to tell you how much of a veteran this guy is. He was drafted eighth overall in the first round of 2003 by the Atlanta Thrashers, <laughs> a team that is not even in the league anymore. So if you want veteran leadership, you got it with Braden Coburn. And I think this is the kind of uh, acquisition that if this is a normal year and you don't have a uh, shortened schedule and taxi squads and uh, these long series of games in, in uh, back-to-back situations, then you probably don't go ahead and acquire a guy like Coburn. He's going to be planted on the taxi squad and probably mixed in a game or two here in those long uh, series against other teams, just to give other defensemen on the bottom pair, a bit of a break. He knows a thing or two about series against other teams. We mentioned how, Derek Stepan coming in with 106 games of playoff experience. Braden Coburn has 137 playoff games to his name. He joined the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2005 and went to the Stanley Cup Finals with them right away. And then ultimately, you mentioned three games, but won the Stanley Cup with them as well. He's been to the Stanley Cup Finals three times, which is wild because he was with Philadelphia back in 2010 when they lost to Chicago. You know, that Patrick Kane, is it in, is it not? Uh, way to go. I actually think Braden Coburn was on the ice for that. So sorry, Braden, if you're listening, but he does bring so much veteran leadership. And you mentioned he's not going to play the full season, but get this Pilsy 56 game season. He is 56 games away from a thousand in his NHL career. Wow, that's uh, that would be a nice little bow on uh, on the career finish at a thousand even. But also, I think it's just so classic that the Senators got this guy like left shot, six foot five, two hundred and twenty three pounds. Like imagine him and Josh Brown playing together, or him and Goody. Oh my God! Yeah, he's not the most physical guy though. But for for his size, he is huge. But he more so uses it like long stick that sort of deal. And get this. He's got a gold medal at the under-18s, gold medal at the World Juniors. He's got that Stanley Cup, a silver at the World Juniors, and a silver at the World Championship. So this guy has been in some high-leverage situations himself, and he's going to impact some of these younger players. Like, I think of a guy like Christian Willannon who could learn a lot from Braden Coburn and how he manages big minutes because hopefully Willannon's going to get a chance to play those big minutes that Coburn used to play earlier in his career. This is a guy who was a partner with Chris Pronger in Philadelphia for a while. So he's a guy who's been trusted before, especially in the defensive end. So in a situation where he will probably clear waivers and be on the taxi squad, this is a guy I like to see in an organization, especially a young one. And with the young organization, we're going to have young guys on this list, but we also have placeholders. And this is one of them, I would say, although Mike Riley in himself is a, 
is a guy who's shown little glimpses of great skating and good offensive awareness. But how would you summarize? This is a guy who got picked up for a fifth-round pick midway through the season from Montreal. But after coming to Ottawa, what kind of defenseman did we see from Mike Riley? Yeah, coming in here at number 42, our second number 42 is Mike Riley. And look, I think this is a situation where you just need to temper expectations and understand Mike Riley's role here. Like he's no longer that big or not big, but that flashy defenseman from Minnesota who is going to rack up points for you. That's not Mike Riley anymore. Put him on your bottom pair, which is likely where he'll be. And like you said, he has flashes of really good skating, really good puck handling. And I think he can be a competent defenseman that can, you can trust to transition the puck up the ice, but also not be a complete liability on the ice for defense. Last year with the Sens, he had 30 games. He had one goal, 11 assists. He was a dash eight, but I mean, everyone was a dash on that squad. So I think if you just give this guy uh, tempered expectations, have him know his role in that bottom pair, I think he's going to be a good defenseman for you and likely a guy that the Senators move at the deadline to uh, ship off to a contender. And his peer group is Eric Branstrom, and that's the big debate, right? Like who should get that spot? either in the top four or top six, like basically Wolanin, Brandstrom, Riley, pick two to be in the lineup because Thomas Shabbat is in cement on that first pair. But when you look at Mike Riley, yeah, he's the guy I'd rather play 12 minutes a game once the AHL starts up. If you're either playing Brandstrom 11 minutes at the NHL or 23, 24 at the AHL level, then yeah, let's, let's get Riley some games, try to pump his value. And if you can recoup better than the fifth you gave up for him, you call that a, a year win, a year long win, right? You pick him up midway through last season, and that's just what he is. And that's no offense to him. I'll say something nice about him to finish off. He's a guy that maybe in the course of a game or if there's injuries, he can step in on a second power play unit and carry the puck up the ice too, which is a nice tr- uh, tribute to have. Yeah, I don't mind him, uh, you know, catching a little time on the second power play unit if needed, because there was some moments where you saw Mike Riley, like really towing the blue line nicely with the puck, like uh, attacking forwards, trying to trying to strip him of the puck and uh, head on a breakaway. And he would have a nice move to get around him or was patient and calm and made a smart play. So I, I'm, I'm happy Mike Riley's back here. And you know what? A lot of people saying he's a guy blocking Eric Branson. Well, like we mentioned earlier, if Eric Branson can't beat out Mike Riley for a job, that's not looking too good anyways. So number 43 on the list is Braden Coburn. One year left at 1.7 million. Number 42, Mike Riley with one year left at 1.5 million. And now we'll go to number 41, a man who just signed his entry-level contract. And well, we love him because he's been a guest on this show once he won Beckley goalie of the year last we had our Cape Breton week so you know what kind of character Kevin Mandelise has so let's get right into expectations for him this year there's that interesting dynamic where the Brampton Beast aren't playing the AHL is off until February how is this season going to play out for Kevin Mandelise and what would be considered a success I honestly have no clue. Like Kevin Mandelise is such a wild card in this season. And you mentioned it, no Brampton Beast in the ECHL. They're one of the the teams that decided they won't be playing this season. Other teams are going to try to make it work, but Brampton's not a part of that, unfortunately. And usually when you're talking about the East Coast Hockey League, you're not too concerned about prospects uh, that aren't going to develop, but that's a different story for goalies, right? Like Joey Decord started last season in Brampton and look at him now. Like it's, it's a big opportunity, especially now that the Ottawa Senators are the only team affiliated with Brampton. It used to be uh, Montreal and Ottawa. So the goalie time was kind of weird and it was an awkward situation, but no longer is that the case. 
for Kevin Mandelise this season, I see two different scenarios kind of happening. Either because we know there has to be a goalie on the taxi squad at all times. No matter what, there has to be a goalie. The Senators have not gone out and got a veteran placeholder goalie to do that. So either in my mind, it's going to be Joey Decord or Kevin Mandelise on the taxi squad. I don't think it makes much sense to have Philip Gustafson there. So maybe you start with uh, Kevin Mandelise on the taxi squad. He's he's the guy that's uh, not going to be playing AHL games because you want Joey and you want Gus. And then when there's an opportunity for, let's say, uh, someone gets injured, maybe you move Mandelise back down to the AHL and he can back up someone and you move someone up to uh, the taxi squad for the NHL. But I either see Kevin Mandelise being in the taxi squad or backing up in Belleville at this point. It's going to be all interesting to see how it plays out as we're seeing now the Sens spinning around doing some drills at Senators on Twitter. Please keep it up. We do really need the content right now, especially as many people are at home. So they are showing a quick clip of the guys buzzing around doing two-on-one drills and three-on-two flow drills. So you do love to see that. So Gorgeous. more, 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 more of that as we go through training camp. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Sylvain Saint-Laurent. We'll be back tomorrow as well. And we do have a special guest. I guess we can tease this one because it's a fun one. Um, we're going to talk to Shifty on the weekend. So stay tuned for that next week. He's the guy who designs Joey Decord's masks. And it was such a sick paint job. I reached out to Joey and he gave me Shifty's number. We didn't want to bother him because training camp's getting underway. This is a huge camp for Joey. And we're really excited to see how he develops. But he was nice enough to put me in touch with Shifty. So uh, a little goalie talk on a goalie-friendly show uh, in Season 2 starting as well. And we do want to say thanks again for everyone for listening. Subscribe to the Locked On Senators podcast. We've really seen a bump in reviews as well since we started mentioning it. And we do notice and appreciate that. So if you haven't reviewed yet five stars, that does go a long way for us. And follow us on Twitter as well. And there's lots to be fired up for tomorrow to break down on the show. We've got Canada-Finland tonight at the World Juniors and USA-Russia, the two bitter rivals, the Cold War rivalry. We'll see if Jake Sanderson can maybe match. If he even comes close, it would be great to what Tim Stutzla did yesterday. So tons to break down on tomorrow's show. This is season two of Locked On Senators, which is awesome. As we've mentioned, really appreciate everybody for subscribing. And make sure to follow us on Twitter as well, at Send Central for your daily dose there. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.